Good morning and welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shoftoff, C70 at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock from Red Dirt Redberg and A Medlock One on Twitter. Coming to you Friday morning after the Cardinals have yet again split with the Milwaukee Brewers. And Alan, it was interesting. We're seeing some talk about this, and it, it it's an interesting little quirk, I guess, maybe, but the Cardinals have played three four game series with the Brewers so far and have been up two games to one in all three of them only to wind up splitting all of them. Um, those are the kind of games you hate to think that they're going to come back and bite you at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's they're pretty evenly met. I, you know what? I say that, but uh, I feel like the Cardinals are the better team mm-hmm. of the two right now. Um, yeah. Yesterday, getting off to the hot start, I kind of thought that, uh, that hey, they maybe they can seal the deal on this and pick right. up a game, and then you never know where it's going to go, and you just, you just you know couldn't hold it. But, yeah, I hope not. But, I mean, for them to be so far ahead of everybody else in the division and to be split right down the middle, I mean, it could make for a uh, quite the eventful summer. Yeah, it surely could. And, you know, we have seen the Brewers, you know, some of that's, we've talked about it based on weaker competition, but not all of it. I mean, they are a good team. They've had some pitching injuries, but man, as long as you've got Corbin Burns on the mound, you're in pretty good shape because I mean, that was, I mean, when you saw that game, it's like, if at least you lost the game, you, you know, if you lose the Corbin Burns game, that's okay because you don't expect yeah. to win that one. No, I agree. And he was, I don't know how many teams are going to beat him on how well he threw that on uh, Monday. Yeah. You know, it's one of those, that was, that was impressive, but the other ones you felt like you're in the whole time and, and uh, you know, hopefully you can, uh, you could build a lead until Woodruff comes back or whatnot and, and, uh, and uh, feel pretty good about your chances. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, again, Milwaukee's a team that really does play a shortened game, right? I mean, if you, if they've got a lead in the, especially in the eighth or ninth, but mm-hmm. you know, definitely, it, you know, sometimes even in the seventh, it's really difficult to, to beat them. Um, not that most teams don't win those kind of games, but I mean, even, even so it's like, you don't expect to get much of anything off of Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Um, that was the frustrating thing yesterday, right? I and mean, they had some chances there um, middle of the game and, you know, it just didn't happen. And then once it got late enough, you just, just wasn't wasn't likely, but Cardinals do win, um, you know, two there uh, after losing two in Boston. So you're right. This team feels like it's a good team and it's pretty most part showing it, but it's kind of still seeming like it's trying to find its footing a little bit. Yeah. That's uh, I'm always, I, you know, you're going to be elated when you win a series there, but you're pretty content when you split one with them especially on the road. Um, but, you know, yeah, I agree. It, even, I feel like they're missing some big component in the bullpen. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like that's the, that's the thing we're picking on right now. But, but uh, and now a lot of, a lot of uh, production out of the catcher spot, which I think they'll have to address. But, yeah. but uh, by the way, we, we talked on the show last week about them signing a uh, – uh, a veteran at some point, and they signed Romine right after we quit recording, essentially. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, there's just a different feel to them this year that makes you feel a little bit confident that they could go on a pretty serious run. 
you would hope that they had separated themselves a little bit from Milwaukee, but it doesn't seem like they have. But, uh, you know, council seems to push the right buttons a lot of times. And so being mid-June, uh, I'm not real sure what they have, or late June, not sure what either team has. But it goes without saying that they're significantly better than anybody else in the division. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, and again, expanded playoffs, it, you know, I wouldn't say it's a lock for the Cardinals to be there, but it's pretty close. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, they're going to be – one of the top two in the division. And I know that that doesn't necessarily mean anything, but right now they're one, two, three, four. There's, there's only, they're sixth um, in the national league uh, right now tied with the Brewers. So they're tied, I guess tied for fifth. Um, and they're only like a game behind Atlanta, you know, stuff like that. So um, it's, there's no particular reason to think that they can't make it to October. They're going to have a play in game. I don't think they're going to be one of those top two teams, especially the way the Mets and the Dodgers are playing, but yeah. Um, but you know, you feel pretty good about that. Um, and it's a team that if things click, you know, they could make a run that the things have still got to click though. And that's what we're worried about. Not worried about right now. You're right. It's mid June. You kind of, you have some time to kind of figure this out, but um, you know, one of those things that needs to start clicking at some point, and, and I'm not really laying blame yet, but um, it's Jack Flaherty. You know, we've seen him in two starts. Yeah. Um, neither one of them has he gone very long, which is to be expected. He's still on a bit of a pitch count, but you would have expected a little deeper and a little bit better. You know, the walk against the Brewers walking or again, um, what walking four or five. And I don't remember it with a lot in, Mm -hmm. in three innings, um, is a struggle. And and this team really, especially when you get to the playoffs really needs a good Jack Flaherty. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, it's one of those to where you you can look back and think, well, you know, he is essentially uh, still in spring training. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to make the excuses. But, yeah, that's that's the one that you felt like uh, they're trying not to waste those bullets or he could have done another, uh, you know, rehab starter too to kind of fix some of these. So so they know the urgency as well as, well as we do. Um, but, yeah, you're right. And they were – Milwaukee was setting on things like they know he was throwing, throwing them too. I've noticed, and so that will be something to watch. But yeah, I'm willing to give that as you know, as long as they can to figure it out. As long as he's healthy, you feel like that he'll be back to you know somewhat close to what he resembled in 18 and 19 at some point, or you would hope so. And then you feel like you got a per, you you have a pretty good rotation at that point. But yeah, that's one that area they need an uptick because they're going to need a uh, you know yeah that that could make for a uh, a pretty stout rotation. And, and then when you look at what New York could potentially have. That you know you you're gonna need reinforcements in the worst way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I it the idea of facing the Mets in a short series is a is a dangerous. Yeah. Thing. Even though the Cardinals, you know, were able to do that earlier in the year and almost you know played played with the Mets. They didn't win either series, but they could have, especially with the first one. Um, but I don't. They didn't have Degrom in those series either. I mean, and I don't think and uh, to face both those two guys. Um, would be hard, but you know, that's a long way down the line. Yeah. Baseball happens and stuff like that. Um, what, uh, man, I was going somewhere. I don't remember what it was. Um, Oh yeah. Flaherty, um, walked five, but you're, you said they were sitting on it. I think some of that may just be the approach from Milwaukee. Right. I mean, Adam Wainwright, I heard, I heard him, heard Dan McLaughlin say on the game on Thursday that, you know, he talked to Wainwright and, Wainwright was talking about how you know Milwaukee's low in chase percentage, and he shouldn't have been trying to get them to chase because they're not going to do that. And not that Flaherty's a guy that tends to do that, but you know, as he's still trying to figure out his command, he's not. They're not going to. If they're not swinging at stuff, you know, that becomes a problem, and especially for Adam Wainwright. That's one reason that the two starts that Adam Wainwright has had this year that didn't go five innings were against the Brewers in Milwaukee. Um, they just. You know, he needs people to be, you know, kind of fooled and kind of expanding their zone. Um, and if Milwaukee's not doing it, they're going to be a tough matchup for him. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, that's the thing is the, the you never want to give a whole ton of credit, but I just feel like what Milwaukee does is so impressive. And I think a lot of that is, is counsel. You know, they, uh, it, it, they're an impressive team to watch. It, and it's frustrating because you, you would like the Cardinals to just separate themselves in the division. But it's just so tough to do when it, with a team like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go position by position and, and kind of tell, like, 
you know, Urias is a guy that they actually made the Adamas trade for because they knew he couldn't play shortstop. Well, then he's having a good year, and Adamas is hitting a ton of home runs. You know, it's just like every button they push is correct, and it, it may be due to that approach you were talking about. Yeah. There was something, uh, maybe it was a Derek Gould um, podcast description. I don't. I didn't listen to the podcast, but there was something about how the Brewers have become – the model organization in the NL central, which is very possible. I mean, for for what they're doing, especially in a market like Milwaukee, um, it's a, it's a smart front office. It's a, it's a active owner. It's a good manager. I mean, everything seems to be working together. Um, You know, it feels a little, I mean, the Cardinals have had to deal with this over the last 20 years, right? A, A team comes up and, yeah. Has this window where they're pretty good and they're a rival to the Cardinals and then they fall off and then somebody else comes up. Um, you know, Milwaukee's had a little bit of staying power in that, it feels like, yeah. I, you know, without looking at it. And of course they were, you know, they struggled in 2020, but that's 2020. Um, you'd have to look, but they've, they've had some real good success in there. Now, it, you know, and again, that, it helps in this division with the Pirates always being bad. And one of the Cubs or the Reds probably going to be bad at some times, and this year both. Um, but you still got to put the resources out there. You got to put the players out there to take advantage of those bad teams. And Milwaukee has done that. And you're right. It's it's a it's an organization that right now doesn't. I mean, I don't know if they're. I don't know what their minor league system looks like, and I don't know anything like that. But but right now, it's a team that doesn't look like it's going anywhere for a while. No, and they and they, it's funny. There's there's slight development, and then there's the situation they go out and get it if they need it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a, a few Cardinals fans are envious of that, you know, because they pull the trigger relatively quickly to go and do those things. But you know, I I would say they're they're uh, they're um, their forecasting must be pretty good, and mm-hmm. the way that they see some guys through. I mean, it's. You know, the, the Jackie Bradley Jr. thing didn't work, so they go and get Hunter Renfro, who's a big arm home run threat. He's had a pretty decent year. You know, it's one of those you could you can lose Lorenzo Cain. Um, it, it, I don't know. You you've They've been here, and they've overcome two terrible years of Yelich. You know what I, you know what I mean? Yep. And it's it's just one of those. It's it's pretty impressive what they're doing. But but you're right. We've we've heard this before, and that uh, yeah, that that you know, they're the new face of the division and you know, they, they are showing more staying power than I thought they would. Cause I keep thinking they're due for a down year, but they're, yep. you know, they're still, still playing well. Yeah. Because they're at one time, I think it felt like they didn't have really the pitching to do yeah. anything. Um, and, and then they were good, but it's like, well, it's not going to last because the pitching's not good. And now it's like, well, their offense isn't necessarily that great. Their pitching staff is good. Um, but they're still able to do that. Um, yeah, it's pretty impressive. And again, a, a good organization too, because, you know, you mentioned Lorenzo Cain, who had struggled pretty much all year and was fairly notable about being at the end of his rope and kind of, you know, some articles I was reading even last week, um, talking, he was talking about, you know, how he knew it was time. It was due to end and stuff like that, but they waited until he reached that 10 oh, yeah. year mark. Um, and so he could draw the pension before they released him. Um, and I don't, I mean, some organizations would do that. I'm not saying everybody would, uh, would just let it, let him go. But, um, I think it's notable that, you know, they did that. They, they worked with him and said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll carry you for a little bit. And then, you know, when we get to that point, we'll in it, everybody who seemed to be perfectly content with that. Um, I, you know, I, I, that's just something the Cardinals have done in the past. Um, I think other organizations do, but it's always a good thing to see because so often teams do treat their players just like disposable commodities. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, the business side of it, uh, gets overlooked a lot, a lot. And I feel like the teams can, can rely on that. And Hey, it's simply a business. We have to do what's right for the team. But no, go with somebody that's meant so much to you, and uh, it, you know, it says a lot that he'll uh, he'll get high praise in at least two organizations. Right. You know, with Milwaukee and, and Kansas City, with uh, with his attitude and his approach to things. But you know, it's impressive that that Milwaukee's willing to uh, 
to do the same thing that uh, we expect of someone like Lorenzo Cain. Yeah. Uh, so talking about players as disposable commodities, let's talk about the bullpen and the people we need to get rid of. <laughs> um, <laughs> that uh, yeah, Kenny Williams got an article this morning at The Athletic. I've only had a chance to just kind of skim through it. But it was – I watched some of the comments from – Ali Marmol yesterday about Drew Verhagen. And I will say there's one thing about our Marmol that we didn't always get with everybody else. He's fairly direct. Um, I mean, Schilt was to some degree, but Marmol was like, Hey, these guys got to be better. And I mean, he's not like, Hey, our bullpen needs to be better. He's like, Drew Verhagen needs to be better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you've got to, you know, he's got to make pitches and he's got to, you know, he's got good stuff, but he's got to learn how to use it, blah, blah, stuff like that. And it's it's interesting. And I always wonder when players are actually mentioned like that, maybe just because of past history, how long their rope really is, right? Verhagen signed a two-year, $5.5 million contract, I believe that's right, uh, this offseason. So it's even though it's two years, it's not a deal that just necessarily is something that the Cardinals – have to ha- keep up with um but him and McFarland and Whitgren have definitely not proven to be those guys in the middle of the bullpen that can hold you know hold a one or two run lead or hold a one or two run deficit and make it not worse um which is something this team needs yeah that's uh and I don't know there's something that feels like it's missing from last year's bullpen, even with all the issues that they seem to have at times throwing strikes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. There's some kind of power element that that it feels like they're missing now to get out of trouble and and stuff like that. And I'm just really not sure what that is on my side, but, but yeah, it's funny. It's one of those to where we (laughs) bullpen every year. It seems to, uh, that seems to be something that we key on key in on Mm -hmm. just because it's so easy to see when opportunities are missed when it's later in the game. So I, I, I'll be curious to see what they have. You know, we talked about Whitley a little bit before the show, and that's a name that, that seems to be, uh, seems to carry a lot of weight. Um, sure. Hicks does as well. Yeah. Uh, and, but it's just, I'm kind of, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's one of those, there's guys that come in right now that you just don't feel like you have much of a chance. And, and uh, yeah, it seems like we've said this for several years in a row. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, bullpen is always, I think everybody, every team has to remake their bullpen, uh, at least at some point. I mean, you know, know, even Milwaukee probably is going to try to add some middle relief guy or, you know, some guy like we're talking about here, this this sixth, seventh inning guy, a guy that can hold a a one or two run lead or or deficit. Um, Because even though they've got great back end of the bullpen, they probably could... um, do something more with that um but yeah teams do that and that's it's it's fairly easy to do right i mean because one you know it's small sample size too i mean you got a guy you know if you have a guy that comes in now between now and the end of the year he's gonna throw what 40 innings maybe um maybe not even that much um so you know it's you know a good few innings can, can, can help a lot and fresh change of scenery, uh, a new pitch, uh, anything could at least get you by for the rest of a year or something. So I think that's one reason teams do it, but um, yeah, it, and it's not, it's not as drastic as it was last year. Like you said, um, what they're missing, I think is Luis Garcia um, yeah. and his, you know, extreme fastball. Cause I don't, even with the guys that they have, now they don't have that kind of you know middle relief power i mean they've got it at the end of the bullpen with guy and hillsley but uh, you know maybe oviedo can uh he can throw it hard but um it would be helpful to have another guy like that uh but you know everybody wants a guy like that too i guess so. yeah it's the octane in the bullpen i'm yeah. always a believer in that yeah. and uh yeah yeah, because I always we'll want see. a guy that gets, can get out of a jam with a strikeout. You and I were talking exactly. about that earlier. But, you know, if you've got runners on first and second or you got runners on second and third and you bring this guy in, you've got to at least have a solid chance at a strikeout. Um, yeah. You know, I think that's the problem with a guy like TJ McFarlane. You need to bring him in with runners on first and second. Well, if he doesn't get that ground ball, then you're doomed. Um, exactly. Um, and that, Or if that ground ball gets through or whatever. Um, so... I mean, 
do you think, I mean, there are times of course that these guys, all these guys that we've talked about have had good outings, uh, have had scoreless outings or anything like that. They're just not as consistent with them. Um, with Hicks, I think Hicks went out on a rehab, right? He he pitched an inning in Memphis. He'll probably work up so. to, I don't know how much they'll work him up at the minute. At, if he's coming in to be this, this one or two inning guy, I don't know how long they stretch him out or at Memphis, but I'm sure he has a few more outings. Um, they have moved Oviedo and Thompson up into this role as well, who have initially done pretty well in it. Um, do you think this is something that they're going to try to work at now, or is this kind of another one of those things that they're just going to kind of monitor, use Verhagen and such in very low lever situations until they figure out something out uh, and then just try to make the changes of the trade deadline. I would think so. Yeah. That's the Cardinals MO, isn't it? Yeah. They're going to try to, you know, limit the damage and, and try to figure some things out and be as patient as possible until they get some of these guys back. And I, I think that they'll, it was funny this week when they came out and said that, that, that Hicks will not come back uh, in the rotation, but he's mm-hmm. going to come back. It was more of the bullpen that, that we had talked about last week. Um, I feel like that adds a little bit of urgency to it, meaning that a couple of rehab starts and to make sure that he's healthy and he bounces back well within the last few days of an appearance that he'll be back fairly soon. But, but to answer your question, I, I am just convinced that they're never going to move quickly on any of those things now. And that that's kind of how they have become the face of the, uh, of the central over time because they're never in that big of a hurry. But even seeing that uh, this could be their, their biggest obstacle now it, I just I feel, still feel they'll be as patient as possible and pick their spots on on where they feel like they can give somebody a bounce back. Yeah, I think that's fair. There's not a whole lot we you and I were looking at it. There's not a whole lot at Memphis, you know, from people that aren't on the forty man or whatever. I mean, you could bring Packy Naughton back up, and I think he's done better overall than you know probably the Verhagen or the or the McFarland. But it's not necessarily going to give you you know a, a real big boost or anything. Um, so yeah. And I mean, here we are, we're, we're, it's June 24th, you know, we're only a month away from really being active at the, you know, the dreadline really being active anyway, you know, it's not too surprising that they're going to, you know, wait a little bit longer because, you know, we're talking, especially with the all-star break in there as well. You're not talking about just a whole lot. Now, I mean, you could lose some games in that span that could hurt you, but you might not either. And, and, and there's no, you know, I'm sure they're talking, I'm sure they're laying groundwork and looking around at players and stuff like that. But, you know, I can't imagine even with the trade, the all-star game being what, like the 18th or 19th or whatever it is this year, which is like a week later than normal. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine them doing anything before that, uh, even though that only leaves you, you know, two weeks. Now the trading deadline a little bit longer this year, they move it to August 2nd um, instead of July 31st. But, Still, that's just basically two weeks after the All Star game, and um, it, it should be an active couple weeks for the for the league. But I don't know that the Cardinals do anything until then. Yeah, I I would be shocked if they did. You know, what I mean, I would be blown away if they would ever make a move like Milwaukee has at, at times, um, you know, and other teams. But uh, but yeah, that's I feel like they're going to be as patient as possible, see what falls in their lap. And I, I've read several articles that said pitching is going to be tough to come by anyway at the. At the uh, even at the deadline. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I probably expect to see this. Like you said, Whitley will be, will be back at some point. Um, other than that, I'm not real familiar with a lot of the other guys, but I feel like they'll be they'll try to stay the course as long as they can and uh, try to keep their head above water until a move can be made. And that feels like the only move they're going to make, right? I mean, unless you know, we, we heard something, I read, I think it was in um, Katie's article there, that Steven Matz may be, you know, come back soon. I mean, I would assume soon be if all-star break or whatever the case may be, but that he may be wherever. If, if he had a setback, I guess they could trade for a starting pitcher and, and move Pallante back into this role here. But, you know, it doesn't seem like if Matz is coming back, you know, there's not really a room for a starter. And the I don't, I mean, this just doesn't look like, unless you're going to talk about catcher, which I don't know that they're going to for various reasons. Um, I don't think there's much you can do trading for the offense as well. I mean, it feels like 
this team is just, if, if Mo's going to do something, it's pretty much just going to be the bullpen, which is not unsurprising. Um, but I think it's more defensible this year. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that the uh, mats will be what mats will be the uh, the injury that determines whether they do make a move in the rotation. Mm-hmm. I would think. Uh, other than that, it's probably going to be another pretty vanilla trade deadline. Uh, and this may be the first year that we've said it in five or six years that you feel pretty good even if they do just tweak a little bit and not have to make a big move but but we've said that before so we'll see uh we'll see if they can avoid any major injury down that you know to kind of force their hand which we hope doesn't happen yeah that's that's the other thing is you know Tyler O'Neill goes out on Sunday with a hamstring i haven't seen i know obviously he went on the 10 day IL um I haven't seen if it was severe or not, um, or when they expect him to be back. But that's the second time that he's gone on the on the injured list this year. Dylan Carlson has gone on once as well. And as much as it's nice to have Juan Yepes's bat in the lineup, he has been exposed at times in the outfield. Um, you know, could could there be that? Could there be the guy that we thought Corey Dickerson was out there that they go and get? Um, because I can't imagine they're going to, I hope they're not going to just rely on Corey Dickerson coming back. Yeah, that I, I, I'm not real sure the, um, now I saw this week that he had a setback, but he played yesterday, correct? Yeah. He, he, he had, he, he played that first game well, from what I understand. And I haven't kept up completely. He played that first game, what a week or so ago and hit a home run. And then he had soreness and sat out for four or five days. Um, and then he came back and played at least once or twice. I haven't seen if, if he played uh, what else. But that, that's my understanding. He is, yeah, he's he's back playing now. He's played in three games down there, um, and he's three for seven. So, yeah, it's, that's and I just I have a feeling that that they're not going to look at that as sunk cost, and they're going to try to do something with him. Um, hopefully, you know, I'm, I'm not real sure, but that's, I would be surprised if they make an offensive move, which probably means that's exactly what they're going to do. You know, <laughs> after all these years of saying that, uh, that's what they should have done. It, it, it may be something like that, but, but you know, I, you know, I'm just not sure. I just, anymore, I have very little faith that they're moving off money that they've signed. Yeah. You know, that's, I feel like that's going to go in Verhagen's favor and in uh, Dickerson's favor. Is, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. I think if there's any year that they did something like that, especially in the margins, um, it would be this year just because of, you know, yeah. Wainwright, um, Yachty. But I still, I mean, a $5.5 million contract, which they've already paid out, you know, for Dickerson, they've already paid out about half of that. So it's what, to be honest, yeah, that's true. Three million for him. Uh, Verhagen, it's closer to probably four because it's spread over two years. Um, but that's that's in the range of money I can see them eating, um, because they have done that before with Wigginton and, and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, you get much more than that, then no, then yeah, they're you're getting every opportunity, um, or they'll try to figure out a way to trade or something like that. But you know, they don't have a whole lot of contracts that are any bigger than that, so they don't have to, you know, yeah. worry about it either. Um so yeah, I yeah, I don't expect this team to look a lot of different. I really, I guess it's probably pretty likely, especially if Tyler Neal stays out, that Dickerson returns to St. Louis, which is not what we expected when he went out necessarily. But I don't know that he gets a whole lot of play. Um, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll, maybe he found something that, and over this injury and, um, it'll be more like what the Cardinals thought they were getting out of him. Um, you know, and then you have to figure out what you're going to do with Yepes and all those kind of stuff, which is interesting discussions to have. I yeah. guess. Um, cause it does. I mean, is it, are you with me here on this? It feels like Yepes needs to DH as much as he can because he can't play first base with Goldschmidt out. I mean, the times that Goldschmidt out, that's great, but I don't know. It's getting a little dicey in the outfield at times. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh there were a couple of balls he misplayed, you know, the big one the other night. And then yesterday mm-hmm. he looks pretty bad on one that went over his head. The, uh, 
I I feel like they can get it. They they think they can get away with it by giving him three at bats and going with Newt Bar. I think. Yeah. Um. But you know, that's part of the beauty of the DH as well. You know, everybody's going to need a rest, and and mm-hmm. I I really don't second guess a lot of what Marball's done. He's actually been pretty impressive to me. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, there's there's going to be shortcomings on that, I and mean, we kind of anticipated it. But you'd like to see the bat as much as possible, just not the glove. Um, were you are you surprised? As we talk a little about this, how often he has used like Goldschmidt and Arenado in that DH spot? I am, I am, especially. In, especially in this series, now I feel like there was probably a little more to the in, to the back than uh, right of Goldschmidt than they wanted to admit. But uh, I was surprised to see uh, Nolan as the DH yesterday. Um, I understand the day after the night game type situation, but that was one of those that you know. I guess you're not putting any importance on any series at this point, especially when you know you're not going to get no worse than a split. Mm-hmm. But I was kind of surprised to see him not playing yesterday, honestly. Yeah, um, I get they want to give these guys rest. I mean, that's yeah. really what they're doing. And I feel like they've got it basically scheduled out. Like, yeah, they know in August when Arnauto's going to, or they're going to, you know, they're doing it now so that they don't have to as much in August. I guess that's possible. But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, Nolan DH'd on the 13th, here he DH'd on the 23rd. Um, he DH'd on the fourth in the doubleheader. So that's only three times this month, um, but still uh, then on the 22nd. So yeah, there seems to be a fairly regular, you know, like nine to 10 days if they, unless there's something up that, and I guess that's fine. I mean, I guess it works. I mean, I don't get me wrong, um, but you know, Nolan's played, he played 157 games last year at, you know, and every one of them was out in the field and he's not a guy that I have, thought necessarily needs the break, but you know, he's got 14 homers and a 3.4 B war this year. So maybe yeah. the, the little extra time off the field has helped. Um, and in, I guess the really, if they are kind of, you know, banking uh, to use air quotes, some, some rest for him this way so that he can play in the second half, which will of course be hotter and, um, but more important, um, then we'll see if that works out as well. And maybe he won't, you know, have any kind of fade or any kind of, you know, yeah. wear down because of that. Well, and you know, it's funny that right now that is the, some of those are buzzwords, mm-hmm. you know, banking, resting, right. you know, all of those things to where you, you have to have depth to do and that kind load, of load management, load management. Exactly. Exactly. And it uh, started with, uh, started with Tampa Bay on a, uh, on a smaller scale then it got blown up with how the Dodgers mm-hmm. do it. And did you see how San Francisco pulled it off last year to win all their games? And I'm probably missing somebody somewhere, but you know, your roster of, of, of 25 plus uh, now everybody plays and contributes and, and we're going to see more of it. And that was part of the designated hitter going in and, and well, part of it, we know it was a money situation too, but, but uh, the uh, it's, they're going to play everybody. They're going to rest everybody. And it just, yeah, it, it, it's just how it is, and it, it's funny because we've been talking for you know the last five or six years about how how much better Molina performs rest, and mm-hmm. and maybe we're all onto something on that. And I feel like uh, you know Arnado's hopefully he benefits from it, and they're gonna they're gonna play, and and if if Donovan keeps up, he's gonna be special uh, to have down the uh, down the the pennant stretch as well, and and. And maybe they be put, are pushing all the right buttons. Maybe I, I, you hope so. Um, we'll have we can't we'll have to look back at it. I guess at the end of the year yeah. and judge more it's than everything is so everything is so analytical now. And you I know, say, even even, yeah. the, even the rest days, it, it's it's crazy how that has flipped in the way that it has. Yeah, yeah, because it used to be, and it you know of course there's a lot of things that used to be this badge of honor that you know that you could play yeah. all the time or stuff like that, but you know they're. Kyle Ripken's streak is safe because I don't think anybody. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I wonder if anybody played 162 last year. I'm sure somebody did, um, but there's not many. Um, 
you know, that being said, it does feel like Brendan Donovan plays about every day. So maybe, maybe it's going to be somebody like that. It's this, the, uh, the guy that's not good enough to be the, the one you worry about resting, but is good enough to be out there all the time. Yeah. Um, that may be the only kind of guy that can, can play a whole game, a whole, a whole season anymore. But, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it, it'll be, it, it's interesting to see that. And, and it, yes, it, you know, looking it up now, it, it's probably not as often as I feel like it, but just, you know, just to see guys like Nolan in there, it's, it feels like, oh, wow, he, he just DH. Well, I guess it's been a couple of weeks now, but, um, and, and the, and the Goldschmidt thing really threw me because I didn't, you know, he DH'd it. Um, but then we didn't realize, I didn't realize about the back issue and I was like, okay, yeah. that, make, that makes sense. Um, but between the days off and, you know, and DHing, but you know, obviously his back seems to be not too bad off since he hit a home run that night too. So, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, interesting. It's, it's interesting as teams figure out how they want to use this in the national league. Right. Um, it's not, it's definitely not the DH we grew up with, right. The yeah. American league, big hulking guy that can't play sure. anywhere. Um, yeah. that's it just, a, it's just a, an extra spot now. And, um, it's, yeah. It's oh, everything. well, and it's funny. It's uh, um, it's almost you can put an eh there instead of a dh. Mm-hmm. You know, because what they're doing is you, they're using it as rest. There's there's not the standard designated hitter like you said that we're used to. You know, and it's it's very fluid on on how it's being used. And it, but a lot of it to me is is anymore just on the rest factor. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, and we've seen that even with a guy that probably could stay and do it pretty easily. And yep, as that uh, uh, it's it, it they've, they have not straight off that, that it's, it's the rest day for a lot of the guys. Yep. For sure. And um, holes. I mean, I, it's easy to, you know, I hate to say it. It's kind of easy to forget about that. The, uh, that, you know, you have the guy in the position that, that you assume would probably be in it all the time, especially with lefties. And we, I think that I may not be the only one to think that he was going to hit a hell, heck of a lot more than, than, uh, he probably should have against right-handers yep. and just be just put in that position all the time. And that, that hasn't really happened. No, no, he has batted a little bit more against righties than probably he should. Um, especially given that his batting average has now dropped under 200. Um, but it's not been constant. It's not been running out there every day, uh, which it does feel like that would have been something Mike Matheny would have done. Yeah. Um, probably not Schilt as much. I think Schilt would have, yeah, Although, but you know, Albert coming back into a clubhouse that has a new manager and, but it probably helps too. Right. I mean, it's not the, a guy that has the same kind of organizational clout that he would have if he'd stayed the whole time or what he had 10 years ago. Um, but, but I also think that, like we say, the game is, is changing and it's like, look, we think this is the best way to use you. Um, uh, are you on board with that? And and I'm sure they had the, you know they had those discussions beforehand. And and Albert's at least got some sort of good idea of what he can do now. Maybe I'm sure it's still a little bit inflated because I mean that's baseball players. Um, but he knows he's not Albert Pujols of five or ten years ago. Um, yeah, and he, you know, he does seem to be just glad to be here <laughs> to some degree and, and helping this team win. Hopefully, um, that said, man, it feels like it's been a long time since he's had a big hit too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I apologize. I was reading an article about yeah. some, uh, of some, uh, of it potential available relievers and that they're going to be out there, but <laughs> some of them guys that we talked about close to 10 years ago. <laughs> you know, so that's what I honestly, I mean, Colome is one there, and I was like, I remember pushing for that six or seven years yeah, ago when he yeah, was a closer, yeah. you know, on a team three three times ago. So right. I apologize. Can you ask oh, me the question again? Um, I was just saying that, you know, Albert seems to have a pretty good idea yeah. of where he's at, but it feels like it's been I, a while since he's had a big hit. Exactly. And you know what? I agree with that because even yesterday's ball against Hayter, he, he stung. Mm-hmm. You know, for, you know, a deep fly ball, you know, in right field. And it's funny. It's also one of those, uh, you know, when Lou Gehrig decided to retire is when they, you, you know, they applauded him for the routine play at first. Yeah. And I catch myself doing that for Albert now every time he makes contact. And I know that sounds terrible, but, uh, you know, it's just that time of the of your career and your, your 
heroism that mm. that uh, yeah you you cheer for. But I agree with you. It's that more becoming more of that presence than anything. And it, I wanted to make a comment on this to where I felt like, and th- this may surprise you coming from me. Schilt was more of that traditionalist that he probably would have put Pujols in the lineup every day. You think so? Just to play to, just to play to the history and to the fan base a little bit. And I just don't think Marmol has done that. And I think that Marmol has done it, has used him more as that additional coach than anything. Yeah. That's that's fair. I think that I think he would have played more under Schilt. I think it was it's kind of that step stair step. He would have played probably every day against Matheny. Um he would have played a lot against Schilt and he's playing more than he's playing against Marmol. Um it's and we'll see how that works. I mean, in the second half, it may be less, right? Especially if they bring in a different, um, a different bat for some reason. Um, but because I, I, you know, I do think there's a, you know, a desire to win. And you know, if Albert can't, if it's just a okay, it's going to surprise somebody if you hit the ball hard, yeah, expecting it, then then you get a little bit dicey. And then again, yeah, I know it's tough. I mean, this, even this whole conversation is difficult. Oh, but yeah. you know, there this whole conversation is actually one of, one of the reasons why I did not want them to sign him, right? You know, because I didn't know. I was like, is, are they going to get into a situation to where I'm glad Hummel posted uh, said this by the way in an article earlier this week. I was like. Are they going to have to make that painful decision that none of us want to see made? But, but Hummel pointed out that he's not going anywhere. You no. know, they they know what he is. No, I mean, I think they again they knew that you, you sign Albert Pujols, he's here until he doesn't want to be here, <laughs> or until he has that. Yeah, yeah right, well, you're right. I mean, right. the closest the closest they're going to get to a uh, a uh, walking papers is a hip impingement. You know, yeah. is that kind of what you're saying? Well, no, it's more the fact that if Albert decided he wanted to retire midseason, then he would. That, okay, yeah, but other than that, he's going to be here the yeah. rest of the year. And yeah, I, you know, I don't, but I also don't think it's a problem right now to put you know make Albert Pujols your twenty six man on the bench. I agree. You know? I completely, I completely I mean, agree with that. That's that was the worry that we had. It's like okay, he's going to be here, and they're going to feel like they have to use him all the time. And I think mm-hmm. we've gotten to the point where we know they don't have to use him all the time. They're going to use him still. I mean, and Marmol has even said there's some sentimentality in this, right? He's going to play like, I feel like he's going to play once in any road series. Every, okay. You know, at least yeah. probably get a start in one road series and get two or three bats in a game just so those fans can see him. Um, I think he's, you know, he's probably going to start some games in St. Louis that maybe we're not sure that he should, but you know, yeah. it's a weekend game or something like that. And especially, especially down the stretch if they've clinched or, or in a good spot, he'll play some. I mean, obviously the last, probably the last weekend, he'll probably play the whole the whole thing. Um, at least a couple of bats or whatever. Um, I would not be surprised if the last game of the year, he's playing first base um, and then he gets pulled after the sixth inning or something like that. Unless they're, Unless they need that game to win, which hopefully it's not to that point. Yeah. But I expect him to play, you know, first base and then be able to pull him off the field and stuff like that and probably pull Yachty at the same time. Um, so the whole place can go nuts. Um, yeah. and, and that's fine because baseball's got to have some of that sentimentality to it. I mean, that's otherwise. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you just simulate the game and you see who. I mean, it's, yeah. it's no big deal. You've got to have that kind of emotion and stuff to it. I get that. You just got to find that balance where. It's not, you don't want a 62 win Cardinal team with, you know, for, because you wanted a, uh, a farewell tour, you've got to, you know, you want to be competitive while doing that. And so far they've balanced it pretty well. I think, uh, you know, can we nitpick here and there? Yeah, sure. But <clears throat> I think that, you know, overall, um, they've done a pretty good job of it. Also, the way I said that makes me think of, have you ever watched, if you watch Molly on in the in the if you read his quotes or watch his post game, it's really fun because he always asks his own questions and answers them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he, yeah. he says, you know, are are we happy with what we've seen? No. Is it is it good? Yes. And, or something like that. It's like yeah. there you go. You know, right <laughs> take the media right out of the whole equation, get the questions you want. It's that's always good. So um so yeah. Um 
and then I mean we've talked about Albert. Let's talk about Yachty. You know, we 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 talked about it a little bit last week because Yachty had gone on the injured list um, before they went to Boston. Um, who actually he actually didn't go with the team to Boston, which was a little bit surprising. You know, we talked about him probably right. Yeah, I, yeah, exactly. Um, but Boston apparently sent a a number uh, a number four from the Green Monster to back to St. Louis for him. So, um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's interesting. I mean, they obviously took it, taking this rest thing seriously, which is, and maybe they didn't want to try to divert him because there's no reason for him to go to Milwaukee. I don't know. But, um, but and since then, of course, we've got Herrera's come up. And so we've got Kinzer and Herrera. And even if you had Yachty into that mix, yeah, it's just been pretty much a black hole this year. Yeah. Offense. I agree with that. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And there's a lot of, um, I know that we talked about it yesterday, or yesterday, last week, uh, quite a bit about Kisner and this is his time to shine and he better make a run on this and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and we, know, we know where we stand on that. Uh, I'm impressed with, with Herrera's game. Um, I really enjoyed watching him catch yesterday. Yeah. But offensively, he's in the same boat, you know, and it's one of those that where, uh, that will be interesting to see how they handle that moving forward. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it was exactly the same way they're handling it right now, you know, and not and, and not do much about it. But it's not very often that that has been the weak link offensively for them in a long time. And I'm and I'm just curious to see if they think that that Molina will come back with rest healthy and maybe hit a little bit. Or if they're going to have to maybe do some things outside the organization, which would really, would it would really be surprising to me. Yeah, because I mean, if you go out and get a catcher, which is hard to do, and I've heard a lot of people talk about how you don't really want to bring in catchers mid-year anyway. Yeah, I agree, especially trying, as analytical as it's become. Right, and then just trying to figure out the pictures and stuff like that. But yeah. even if you could do that, um, you know what does it mean when Yachty comes back? I mean, that guy's not going to start all the time. Yachty's going to, no, you know, no. what does that mean for Kisner and Herrera then, you know, I mean, they, you know, both aren't going to be playing. Um, yeah. I just don't see that as an option. I mean, your best option, like you said, they signed Andrew uh, or yeah. Is, is it Andrew? Redwood? It's not Andrew. Uh, yeah. I thought it was Austin. Austin. Austin yeah. yeah. I knew it was an A, but I couldn't. Yeah. It. Austin Romine, who, Again, it's no great shakes, but he has played the game. You know, they could add him to the 40-man and send back Herrera, let him be the starter, you know, split time with Kisner until Yachty comes back and then let him yeah. go. It wouldn't be a huge deal. But I don't think that that really solves anything either. I think Romine's pretty much your, you know, play Memphis step because they just lost Ali Sanchez. So, yeah. Um, so... I don't know what you do. I mean, Kisner's two for 14 since, uh, since Yachty went down. Herrera's 0 for 5 with four strikeouts. You know, again, I don't know. I mean, I, I think I don't worry so much about Herrera because he's still trying to figure out the league. You know, he was having yeah. a good season. It, it, it's it's going to come at least somewhat. But Kisner, you know, he's he's gotten a decent amount of play this year. Um, it would be interesting to talk to, um, I haven't heard much about it from Kyle and see what he's seeing on Kisner versus what he was in the minor leagues. But, you know, June's been rough entirely on Kisner. The whole month of June, he's hitting 095 and he's played yeah. 14 games. I mean, that's, you know, is the, is the grind getting to him? Is, um, you know, is it just the league figuring him out because they're getting to see him a little bit more? Um, you know, he's got, he's just got four hits this month. Uh, one of them was against the, the Brewers there, but um, I don't know. I, I mean, again, if they're catching a good game, the offense is probably good enough to, to carry all this. Um, but boy, it'd be nice to not feel like, you know, the whole point of the designated hitter was to not feel like you had a, a dead spot in your lineup, but that really is the way it is right now. Yeah, it's uh, – there's an element to me, like we talked about last week, that 
that lineup of the future we saw in 20 was it was so exciting and it mm. felt like that Kisner was ready to to take that next step after uh, you know it, with a little more playing time and he just hasn't and he's really wearing it in his at bats right now too which 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 is really concerning to me yeah and there's no I mean, there's not really a way to do that. I mean, it's not like you could give him two or three days off and say, look, you know, clear your mind, clear your head, whatever the case may be. Because, I mean, Herrera, I mean, Herrera would love to play, I'm sure. And you're right. It was interesting, you know, the the, the fake that he did on um, McCutcheon to making sure he didn't slide was yeah great. Um, it definitely a, a highlight from a guy that, hasn't uh, hasn't played much in the major leagues, obviously. Um, so I don't know. I mean, do you do you let Herrera have two or three days in a row? Um, you've got this Cubs series here where I'm of the go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just say you got the the night game tonight, but then two day games. So do you play? You know, do you let Herrera take two of the three? I, I mean. I'm in that opinion that he he needs to play as much as possible in the beginning. If no worse than fifty fifty split, mm-hmm. you know, one of those type of deals. So, you know, I'll be surprised if he does it. But I don't. I also don't know if this is there. They feel like this is the only way they're going to get Kisner going as well. Yeah. But you know, and I it'll be interesting. It's we're back. It's back to the excitement of the lineup every night, and I kind of miss that to be honest. With you. <laughs> Yeah, and it's like we talked about last week. I mean, this is a chance for them to figure out yeah. next year a little bit while Yachty's out. And, and I don't, I mean, there still hasn't been any sort of timetable for Yachty to come back, it doesn't sound like. I haven't heard. Yeah. It, it, but it doesn't, I mean, I think they're gonna. he's going to do his best, and they're probably going to, to try to make sure that there's at least enough starts with him and Adam Wainwright plus a few that they could set that record. So they're what, are they like nine back in that? Right. Um, I'm not sure. For some reason, I want to say it's nine. I could be wrong, but say it is, they're going to make sure that they can get 10 or 11 starts between when Yachty comes back at the end of the season. So that something goes wrong or they can, you know, they can break it, whatever. But I mean, right now it's, it feels like all-star break, right? I mean, he comes back probably after the end of the all-star break. Um, if they're really worried about these knees, um, and that gives, you know, it gives you a, a, a month basically to try to evaluate some of these guys. And yeah, I think they get a, you know, Kisner's had a good bit of time this year and not that he can't still click or we should just write him off or anything, but I do think that he's not necessarily done enough to just give him the majority of the starts and let Herrera play whenever he plays. I think you're right. I think, I'm sure there's matchups issues and stuff like that, but for the most part, yeah, kind of, kind of maybe every other day or, you know, give a guy a couple of days in a row or whatever might be the best, best plan. No, I completely agree. And it's, uh, I mean, it's counterproductive to bring the guys up and just set them, you know what I mean? The whole time. So I, I feel like he needs to play and, and, uh, and, and I, I think that, that they probably will, but you know, we, we've seen stranger things. That's true. That's true. So, um, before we close it up this uh, week, um, this is that week of June that we always kind of, as Cardinal fans, think about from 2002. Um, we had the 20th, it's 20 years now from the passing of Jack Buck, which was Saturday, you know, 18th, which was last Saturday, and then Daryl Kyle, which was Wednesday of this week. Um, you know, 20 years, this isn't. It doesn't feel like it, does it? I mean, for, especially for Kyle. I, I think Buck, we could probably believe that to some degree just because of, of, you know, he was older, he had had health issues and stuff like that, and it was not unexpected. But the loss of Daryl Kyle, I mean, for me at least, is still like, I remember everything about that day. Oh, yeah, yeah. Saturday afternoon game. It's, uh, or was it, a, well, yeah. here I am forgetting things. I thought it was, it was because, <laughs> it was. well, I was thinking it was, I know Wrigley. I was like, well, I know it was the start of the weekend. The, uh, yeah, it's ominous. I mean, it, and then the wooden words started leaking out and Girardi made the announcement. I mean, it was, it, it was, it was something else. I mean, it's, uh, 
it's pretty crazy that uh, uh, yeah, it brings back a lot of bad memories. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. Yeah, afternoon, Saturday afternoon. I remember I wrote about it at the Substack this week or yeah. this week, but you know, turning on the national game because that's when you know that's what you were watching, and and it was like, why are they not on? You know. Yes. It's like we, it's like we do now. It's like, am I in the wrong market? You know, or am I going to get this you know Dodgers game that I don't want because Cardinals? You know, like yeah. I need to watch it. And then yeah, then to to find out so suddenly. And you know, yeah, I, I remember still watching that game that next night too. You know, Sunday night baseball, and it was like they just didn't want to be there. I mean, they did yeah. because they wanted to honor Daryl Cobb. They were the ones that decided to play, and it would have been. Amazing. I, I just can't imagine them taking two days off, but, um, but still it was just, it was hard on them. And that's, I, you know, understand that for sure. Uh, it was, it was a difficult time all around and you know, that one hit more than the other two, you know, I yeah. said, you know, Josh Hancock and Oscar Tavares in part because of what Kyle meant in part because, you know, even though the other two were sudden, there was, other factors involved. Um, you know, it wasn't just out of the blue. I mean, they, I hate to say they contributed to their own death, but you know, you know what drinking and driving and things of that nature. And it's, it's still sad. It's still tragic and it's still shocking, but it doesn't necessarily have the same impact as a guy that as healthy, a 33 year old guy, that just goes to bed and doesn't wake up. Yeah. Um, so it, it, incredible. So um, yeah. And it's hard to believe that, you know, his, you know, his kids are grown, right? I mean, they were five at the time. I think the two were five and one was just a less than a year old. So 25, 21 now. Um, and I'm sure it's, you know, it's difficult. I mean, it, and those, it just, it's strange. I, I don't have really have words for it because it's just, but it's one of those defining things in Cardinal fandom, um, that you know we've had a lot of great memories in this in this organization but you know that one while not a great one is still probably as impactful as any of the others yeah that's uh brings back uh, a lot of memories and you know i remember there was a good piece about it written and i can't i was trying to look it up while we were talking i can't remember what it was but uh it followed some of the things that had gone through recently with his children and stuff like that and uh, just man this it 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 doesn't seem that long ago and then it does seem like decades ago i don't know i if that makes any sense i'm not i, yeah, I mean yeah I, it, it, it's just crazy yeah time time does that and there is a uh, yeah. MLB did a special on the life and death of Daryl Kyle. That's what it was. Yeah. That, okay, that's what it was. Yeah. I remember that. I and in fact, I don't think I've actually watched it. But I saw it on YouTube as I was doing some looking for uh, clips to put in that post, um, and I need to sit down and watch it because yeah, I, I think I remember it coming out at the time and, and everybody saying how, how good it was. So, um, so if you need to check that out, um, if if you haven't. Uh, Cardinals get the Cubs this weekend, Marlins, uh, then an off day before, um, you know, the, the next, the, the off day next week is the last one until the all-star break. They've got a, a stretch of games that are going to be coming it's up. Nuts. So, yeah. Um, they got to win. They kind of pretty much need to win both of these series though. Right. I mean, the Cubs especially have struggled. Um, it would I know the Brewers are playing uh, the Blue Jays this weekend. I think they have a maybe a little bit tougher team uh, at the beginning of next week too. I'm not sure who it is. Um, they need to they need to make up make some ground and get you know gain some games when they can, and this would be a good time to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, it, yeah, it's one of those where you always worry about this one because you can't throw throw the records out. Unfortunately, when they play each other, especially now, Chicago is not very good. But you never know how it's going to turn out, even being in uh, uh, St. Louis. But uh, but yeah, you got to put some put some uh, space between you. I still feel like they're really good. I know I've said that several times already, but I I think that they're going to make a pretty serious run and, and have the line of components. And that's the nice part of having two superstars. Yep. Yeah, and and guys that are really really being superstars. Um, you know after. After the Marcelo Zuna trade, you kind of worried, and, and even Paul Goldschmidt's first year in St. Louis, you kind of wondered, you know, 
we're ever going to be able to get that guy that just really is dominant. And now they've got two of them. So it's very, and they've really, really done that. Um, yeah, Kyle Hendricks goes tonight and he's got a 543 ERA and he'll still probably, well, you know, it. Run around yep. if that, um, because man, if they come out and score like three runs against, uh, Hendricks in the first couple of innings, I'm going to feel a lot, a lot better. Uh, and maybe it feel like maybe something has actually changed. Um, cause you know, yeah, that's, that's a guy that's always going to be in that, uh, Cardinal killer category. Yeah. And until you beat him, um, you're not going to believe it. Exactly. Uh, all righty. Well, we've done enough for this week. Um, Alan, I'll be back with you next week and, and beginning of July and see where things stand. So until then, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night.